The Print Files, where we bring you the inside story on the printing industry by Print21, the people who know print. G'day and welcome to the latest episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print, the podcast for the print industry from The Print Files, where we dig deep into the big issues impacting the industry each month. I'm Wayne Robinson, editor of the Print21 Media Hub. And I'm Lindy Hewson, publisher of Print21 and of PKN Packaging News. And welcome all to the latest episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print. Well, Wayne, as ever, we have a lot to discuss, and we'll start with folding carton, seen by almost everyone, it seems, as a market for commercial printers to engage, and certainly all forecasts are that the market will continue to grow. Smithers has it at 4.8% growth over the next four years, and the country's biggest printer, Ive, will be making a big splash in folding carton. Yeah, Lindy Ive's going to be building a $150 million a year folding carton business. It's planning major investments to drive growth in two locations. It's Jackpack Acquisition and its Silverwater site, which is currently its commercial print site. Uh, you remember I've acquired Jackpack a year ago, paid $35 million all up for a $45 million a year, a year business. It's identified that Jackpack has the capacity to produce an extra $15 million worth of folding carton prints from that site without any extra investment. Uh, so, and it says that uh, that gives it capacity down there in Victoria. It's also going to create a folding carton operation at its Silverwater site. That's the site where currently commercial print takes place and sheet fed, and they've also got a web offset uh, sector there as well. Ive is going to leverage some of its sheet fed presses. It has three Heidelberg long perfectors. That's a huge amount of capacity. Uh, obviously, Ive, the biggest printer in the country. It has three uh, B1 perfectors there, plus a Heidelberg CD74. It also has another 11 sheet fed presses dotted around at various, various locations in the country. Ive is going to invest in die cutting equipment, in specialist folding glue and equipment, and it's going to create a folding carton workflow uh, there. And so what that means is that Ive will have folding carton production in Victoria uh, and folding carton production here in New South Wales as well. So a, a, a twin edge approach there. And that all means that it will be able to produce $150 million worth a year of folding carton. Uh, Ive says that uh, the Australian folding carton business is worth about $800 million a year. It spent a year investigating this market, so knows what it's talking about. And it says last year it grew by 10%. Uh, Smithers has it grown, as you said, by 4.8%. It's a half that amount, but of course that's a, a global figure. Ive says in Australia and New Zealand it's going to grow by, or grew last year by 10%. And of course, as population grows, as people grow up, then um, folding carton becomes a, a, a bigger and bigger market. It won't, the rationale, the thought is you can't eat your cornflakes off the internet. You're always going to need cardboard uh, for food, beverage, cosmetics, pharmaceuticals, wellness. They're the key areas that Ive is targeting. Well, Wayne, we do know that Opal, a major packaging provider, has just invested $140 million in a new corrugated plant. And now Ive, as you say, is going to be investing many millions of dollars over the next three to five years. So that's going to create some big players. We know we've already got Vizzy playing in that space and there are other large players as well. Is there room for smaller players when we've got these big giants in the room? Uh, yeah, good question, Lindy. Paperboard, corrugated folding carton, liquid paperboard. That's still the largest material segment, according to Smithers, that accounts for 32% of the world value. That figure will be reflected here in Australia. 
and they reflect that there will be above average, let's say, above average growth. Heidelberg, for instance, now sells more than half of all Heidelberg presses are now sold to packaging print. Uh, KBAs, the other one of the other three big German press manufacturers that has traditionally sold to offset presses to the commercial market like Heidelberg, KBA will be 90% of their presses go to packaging. Manroland, the third one of the big German companies, that will be somewhere between 60 and 70%, two-thirds of their presses will go to packaging. So it's, it's a huge area. It's a growing area. It's an area that will continue to grow. For a commercial printer, can they get into it? They can. Like I, though, they would have to invest in a, in a folder glue. They'd have to invest in a die cutter. But there's several examples of people doing this very successfully. Platypus Print springs to mind, of course, in Queensland. That was a commercial printer until Tom Lush had the foresight to move into packaging 20-odd years ago now. And now it represents almost all the company's business. So, yes, uh, in answer to your question, Lindy, it's possible because a lot of the knowledge, skills, the, print, the commercial printer already has, in other words, how to print. Uh, it needs some new finishing equipment, and obviously they need some sales uh, strategy to get in there. But yes, it certainly offers more growth potential than uh, general commercial print offers right now. Well, one place where print businesses will be able to assess the opportunity and others as well is Dusseldorf, Drupa, where in less than three months' time, we have the first event for eight years that will be opening its doors. So many printers from Australia and New Zealand will be making the long trip. Wayne, what can they expect? I'm so excited for the show myself. Yeah, well, they can expect new technology to meet print. Uh, there'll be AI, robots, virtual reality, software solutions. These will be far more predominant than they have been in the past where it's been obviously traditionally it was a, it was a heavy metal show then it's an equipment show this time around it's going to be all about those new technologies and how print businesses can leverage that new technology into print manufacturing whether it's labels wide format commercial packaging to really optimize their productivity to reduce the labor because obviously that's a key issue for printers here in australia and around the world for print businesses attracting labor keeping labor paying labor, and especially important in high labor countries like Australia, like Japan, like Germany, like the United States. So they will be key areas that printers will be able to focus on when they're there. Robert Lang, who's the country manager, Robert Lang, the country manager uh, for Drupa here in Australia New Zealand, he says that uh, Drupa is much more than just going to see the equipment there. He says it's about uh, connecting with industry leaders. Uh, it's about obviously seeing the latest and innovative technology developers. Checking out the program, which is huge, there's forums, there's workshops, uh, there's keynotes on very many topics there, and of course discovering all the all the equipment, the software, uh, and the hardware that's there. So and, and networking with people from around the world who may be doing what you're thinking of doing in Australia. It may somebody in Germany may already be doing it. Somebody in France may already been doing it. And printers are keen to talk. You're not in competition with these guys because they're on the other side of the world. And they're keen to share what they've done. So you can learn a lot from uh, Drupa just by being in the environment that you would have no chance of learning by not going. So yeah, it's going to be, as you say, Linda, an exciting show. 18 halls, the Mesa Center are all full. 1,437 exhibitors from 50 countries. Be interesting to see how many people go. It's a fair number, obviously, going from Australia and New Zealand, as they always do. So, yeah, it's uh, it's great to see it back. First time in eight years. 
Well, I'm sure that a lot of the conversations will be around packaging. Last time um, when I was Interpack and I spoke to Sabine Gilderman, who is in charge of Grupa, and she was telling me what an increase there had been in packaging exhibitors that were going to be participating at Grupa. And yes, like like I have a commercial printer that has diversified and is looking at packaging, there will be other people. Now, bringing me back to Ive, of course, results season is on at the moment. What do the Ive figures tell us? Yeah, well, it was a solid performance at Ive, is what you can say. It was more or less stable. Uh, Revenue and EBITDA were both up. Net profit after tax slightly down. Figures were more or less uh, similar to how they'd been before. Uh, I've actually booked a loss of $5.6 million pulling out of Warwick Farm. Uh, But it said that uh, its net profit after tax was actually up by 9.4% once that loss had been normalized. Revenue was $506 million, half a billion dollars. Obviously, a very impressive figure, up from 503. EBITDA, uh, $65.8 million. The debt increased because they had to obviously buy Jackpack, cost them $35 million. So the debt went up by more or less that. I've only spent $5.7 million on CapEx in the, in the year, which is relatively low, uh, but expects to plan spend about $13 million in the second half. It was an, Matt Aiken said it was an uncertain economic landscape, which we all know. Um, I know, Linda, you'll have seen that in the in the figures from the, for the uh, packaging sector, where Typically, they have all said it's been a volatile, it's been unstable, consumer demand has been reduced as everyone's dealing with the high, high inflation and cost of living. So, the company is, is pleased with that and the, and the uh, market seems to be relatively pleased as well. The share price didn't do much either way. So, yeah, it was a, it was a solid result for I, for the country, biggest printer in the country. Well, IVE is also the biggest employer in the print industry, but large or small All print businesses are having to deal with a whole raft of new workplace legislation that's been drafted by the Albanese government, which has just released its third set of laws in the past 14 months. What are printers making of this? Well, scratching the head by and large, Lindy. It's, uh, as you said, the third set in 14 months has a lot lot to cope with. In fact, Charles Watson is General Manager, IR and Governance and Policy at uh, VMA, Visual Media Association, the main employer's association in print. He just labelled the new laws as messy and confusing, uh, which is uh, quite quite a thing to say. He said, uh, the new right to let disconnect law, highly controversial. Can employers get in touch with you after your official working hours end? He said that was unnecessary. Uh, the new law that says union officials can walk straight into your plant uh, rather than having to wait 24 hours and get per- get permission. Uh, he said he'd be surprised if any union official had a claim against any printing company that would get them immediate entry. Um, so he thinks that uh, the print industry will be impacted by these laws. Printers will have to deal with them. And uh, it's not something that they really want to have to deal with. And three sets of industrial relations changes in 14 months but print businesses that are trying to stay afloat in this in this uh, time that we live in and deal with all kinds of things, it's not, it's not an easy thing to do. Yes, it certainly isn't. And partly in response and following on from the success of last year's event, the Visual Media Association is launching the POP, the Power of Print Summit in Sport 2024, with speakers, topics and dates now confirmed. And as far as I can see, there will be a diverse and informative lineup This year's summit will cover topics such as HR and IR legislative changes, the importance of mental well-being in the workforce, packaging, cybersecurity, and championing leaders in your company. Quite the lineup, Wayne. Yeah, it's actually a terrific series. These power prints are designed by VMA to provide practical advice and guidance on a whole range of 
issues that aren't to do with putting ink on paper and selling prints. And those ones you've listed there, obviously the HRIR one, which is the first one, crucially important because, as we've just discussed, four to three sets of changes in 14 months. This will be the place where print business owners can get on board, talk to Charles Winston, share with each other in that one-hour webinar session about what's important to them, about what steps they will need to take. Uh, also, a key one is the uh, championing leaders in, in your business. Every business can't rely just on the owner and you know in the print industry many of those companies many print businesses are owner operated um but the the key to business development business growth is to champion those those people in your business that you see that have leadership talent leadership potential because you need them to as a growing business to take over various aspects of your business so that will be that will be a key one uh, that goes on there and then there's a uh, seven six more so it's every wednesday in march uh, be one hour punchy is how vma describe it so no waffle uh, is what they say and which we're all hoping for because no one's got time for waffle um go to the print21.com.au news website and follow the link there and you'll find all the times and details there but well worth it an hour of your week an hour of any print business leaders week uh, to get up to speed on a whole range of topics that will enable you to run your business to a better a better level well, speaking of running businesses, the print industry has a rough and tumble element to it. It's highly competitive. There are low barriers of entry. It's a good opportunity for those that can make it work, but not everyone can and not forever. And so we must mention two companies that have fallen by the wayside, Abacus Visual and Starleaton, the latter of which we discussed last month, but now it seems the end is appearing. Tell us more, Wayne. Yeah, well, just to mention Abacus briefly, this is a, a company that started about a decade ago. Uh, sign and display started out promising. We'll do things differently. We're going to be we're going to be a different type of business, and, and we worked quite well. Fifteen staff. Mercedes Benz was a client. Carlton Brewers was a client. Victorian Racing was a client. So, blue chip clients. Um, it seems that uh, they've and they've gone into liquidation because a creditor wound them up. In other words, they ran out of cash and couldn't pay the bills. So, so sad to see. Um, and as you say, Lindy, in the rough and tumble world of print. Companies do suffer from cash flow issues, amongst other things. It's actually surprising since if we go back to the COVID, when COVID started, it's surprising how relatively few print businesses of any kind have actually gone under. Uh, we were expecting far more. And of course, JobKeeper kept everyone going for a long time. And then when that ended, we thought, okay, well, that's going to be curtains now for quite a few. But it wasn't. So they're, they're few and far between. Starleaton, which we mentioned in the last issue, unfortunately, it looks like the end is coming for Starleaton. Uh, the liquidators report uh, wasn't pleasant reading for, for the management, I'm sure, or for creditors. Um, uh, pulled no punches. And uh, it's, uh, yes, yeah, Starleaton, it looks like it's going down. It looks like debts are well in excess of 17 million that we thought last month, We're up to 29 million, apparently. A large, a large number of that are family-related, to family-related companies. And it seems like the the people that, of that family are unwilling to put in any more money. There is a chance that uh, a DOCA, a deed of company arrangement, will still occur. But as time goes on, it looks less and less likely. Uh, but for creditors, for unsecured creditors, uh, I'm afraid uh, if Starleaton owes you money, you're going to get probably nothing. Um, and that includes also, unfortunately, there were some print businesses who were understandably hopping mad who made major deposits on equipment in the last few weeks before Starleaton pulled the plug. 
And of course, they're not going to get that back. Yeah. Uh, and they are they are furious to say the least about that. And there's there's several of those because well, it's I'm not going to go into it, but we all wouldn't understand why that would be. Um, so the next few weeks will uh, unfortunately probably see the end of uh, Stalin as a, as an entity. Uh, it's in the wide format sector, and you would think that would be uh, a good area to be. But as we discussed last week, Lindy. Uh, last month, not necessarily so, getting, depending on where you are and what kind of a player you are. Well, the latest stats from the outdoor media industry throw up some interesting figures and trends for print, don't they? Yeah, outdoor media, as everyone will know as they walk around, digital is the go now. Three quarters of all outdoor media spend now is on digital signage. The billboard has been replaced by the digital board. And obviously, for obvious reasons, you know, the, the asset managers, who media, JC Deco can sell a lot more, uh, sell to a lot more companies over the course of a day, a week, a month than they can if they've just got one static billboard there. Of course, you don't get as long a time, but the advantages are big. For McDonald's, for instance, you can advertise your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner, depending on what kind of what time of day it is. So the, the figures say that uh, while the net re- revenue for outdoor went up by 12.2%, up to a record, a new record, one point. 1.12 billion print share of it now is barely over a quarter 26 percent and it was 35 percent a year ago so and and uh 10 years ago uh print share of the outdoor media market was 88.7 percent so it's gone from 88.7 percent of 500 million to to just 26 percent of a billion it's it, so you can see the way that that market has shifted dramatically we see it day to day but Figures don't tell the whole story, of course, because if you're a print business and your market is starting to shrink, what do you do? Well, not many of them are rolling over and, and lying down. They're going out and seeking and getting new markets. And if you've been readers, or listeners who've been shopping recently in store, you'll see a whole raft of display graphics in, in the big stores now, some even in the small stores with the with the, with the POS uh, displays that are there for confectionery, whatever. Um, and print wide format print businesses are now operating on a much broader level. And rather than just selling a billboard, they're selling and creating and working much higher upstream to create in-store displays. Uh, because that, and the reason there's money in that is because the brands, and the, but the stores particularly, are working extra hard to get people back into shops and off online shopping, which obviously is impacting their business. And the amount of offline, if you're a, a major department store, a lot of your business is now if it's coming to you online, that's great. But if it's going straight to the brand online, that's not great. So you want to get people back in the store, so you have to create an experience. And the display graphics is a big part of that experience. And it's a lucrative area for print because they can add a lot of they, – they can value add in all kinds of ways in that situation. So, yeah, those companies, Abacus, Style Eaton, they look like they're gone. Uh, but for people in wide format print, uh, there are new markets, new fields to plow. Having said that, uh, $312, $312 million, um, that uh, outdoor print market is still obviously a very sizable market, $312 million a year. <laughs> that's, that's, there's a lot of decent money there, and a lot of wide format printers has, continue to do well out of it. Well, speaking of a company that's doing pretty well, Centrum Printing, owned by well-known identity Percy Vidge, celebrated a quarter of a century in business this month. That's right, Centrum. It's uh, it's an interesting story, as they all are. It seems uh, Centrum started out as a commercial printer 25 years ago, down in um, Alexandria, typical general commercial printer. And then uh, about 15 years ago, Percy Vidge took the somewhat courageous decision 
to completely reinvent his business. He moved out to a new purpose-built plant out in Chipping Norton, out in the western suburbs of Sydney. He bought a huge KBA machine, one of the biggest press you could buy, and set himself up as a trade display print operation. Uh, and went really well, became a national supplier, and then he bought a second huge KBA. Now he's just bought a new Fujifilm to do short, very short run work. Um, a great business. And now Percy's son, uh, Alex, is in the business as well. He's working his way up the ranks. So, yeah, it's good to end on a, or good to have a good news stories, Lindy. Again, like uh, some of the other companies we mentioned here, that's someone that has seen an opportunity uh, and has gone for it. It hasn't just kind of been part of the crowd and, and bemoaned the shrinking market that he's in. He's thought, okay, yep, the markets, this market's not going to grow. Where is an opportunity? I'm going for it. And he did. Of course, it doesn't always work out, but in Percy Vigis' case, so far, so good. Well, congratulations to Percy and his team, 25 years. That's certainly something wonderful to celebrate. And so we'll end on that note. Um, this has been another big month in print, as always. And um, it's coming up to be another few big months ahead of us, Wayne, as we build up to Drupal. And we are looking forward, in particular, to the Print 21 Drupal Fest party. Yeah, Lindy, every year, or every Drupal Print 21 hosts the Australian New Zealand Drupal Fest party. Uh, this year, no exception. Of course, we didn't have one in 2020 because Drupal didn't run. Uh, but it's a great event. It's going to be at the Frankenheim Brewery, which is an award-winning brewery with award-winning beer. Uh, we've got we've managed to get the beer garden, so we booked out the whole bit beer garden for the evening. The beer will be complimentary. Well, complimentary between 6:30 and 9:30. The food will be fantastic German food, three courses. Uh, the atmosphere will be great. It'll be a terrific opportunity to share to talk. Talk to fellow printers, your friends, your rivals from around the country about your Drupal experience and about, of course, business in Australia. So, yeah, we're looking forward to it. It's on the 31st of May. Book your tickets. Uh, we'll be putting out a notice on the print21.com.a newsletter. Yes, and it will be a wonderful opportunity for suppliers and printers alike to to mix and mingle and chat. It, we've had a wonderful industry response in terms of sponsoring the party. Our diamond sponsor is Curry Group. Our platinum sponsor is Konica Minolta. And then we've got a whole bunch of gold sponsors, Ball & Doggett, Epson, E-Productivity Software, Fujifilm, Heidelberg, Kissel & Wolf, Rico, Screen, Zycon, and XMPi. So it's going to be a party of note. That's right. Yeah, we all like to party when we're over in Dusseldorf, uh, especially uh, once the once the once the show's finished. Yeah, it's, uh, and it'll be easy to get to the bus direct from the direct from the Messe Centre or a U-Bahn two stops from the Altstadt. Okay, well, Wayne, I'm looking forward to seeing you there, and that's it from me on this episode. Goodbye to everyone. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your feedback. And it's goodbye from this episode of the Print Files from me, Wayne Robinson. We look forward to you joining us again for the next episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print. The Print Files podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Print 21, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Print 21, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact Print 21 via their website, that's print21.com.au, or send an email to editor at print21.com.au. You can subscribe to The Print Files via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on the printing industry at print21.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast.
Southern Skies Media.